Pete, are you in the zone? I am in the zone. Awesome. Well, it's time to talk about the fifth chapter in the Harry Potter saga, The Order of the Phoenix, the book and the movie. Are you ready? Are you pumped? I am very pumped. Well, before uh, we get into that, hey, Pete, did you know that we actually have a super fan? One whole super fan? That's right. Yeah. You know, like me or you or or wives. No, no, no. That's why, like, when we check our stats, we're like, wait a minute. You know, I listen, you listen, our family listens. Why is there one extra? Because we have a super fan. So I want to give a shout out to our super fan, Angelica. Um, From what I hear, she listens to a lot of our episodes, but she especially loves. She's a big Harry Potter fan. She loves the Harry Potter episodes. So, uh, Angelica, I really hope you enjoy this one, uh, Order of the Phoenix. And uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you. They might, they better start making some more mo- uh, movies or we're not going to be able – she'll be gone. <laughs> oh, well, you know, speaking of that, just, you know, real quick, did you see the new trailer for – or the latest trailer for Fantastic Beasts, uh, the second the second chapter in that saga? Yeah, it looks good. It looks good. Oh, it looks really, really good. I'm, I, I I wasn't sure about Jude Law as a young Dumbledore, but I'm, I'm sold. <laughs> I'm just about to say that. I'm, I, I, you know, I think – you know what it is? You know how you watch it, as we'll talk about Harry Potter and Order of Phoenix and, and all the Harry Potters in general. You mm-hmm. know, he dresses like crazy man, you know, like uh, bath, yeah, bathrobe yeah. kind of a guy. And in this, <laughs> and this guy, he's wearing a suit and tie. So maybe he's maybe we see maybe we're seeing during the Harry Potter movies that are already out there. The crazy, you know, I'm an old man. I can dress any way I want type of guy. And then you get the younger Devonair <laughs> Judge Jude Law for uh for uh, Dumbledore, <laughs> you know, it, it kind of reminded me of you know um, when we when we watched the first original X Men movie and Patrick Stewart is Professor Xavier and he's very like refined and he's in the you know he's in the wheelchair and then when we see uh, it was X Men First Class with um, oh my gosh uh, totally J- James James McCoy is that James, James McAvoy, McAvoy yes thank you it. James McAvoy he was like the hip he was like the hip Xavier. He's like drinking and he's chasing women. And I'm sort of like, I think we're seeing this with Dumbledore. It's like, you know, Hey, back in the day, Dumbledore was a player. <laughs> you know, yeah, you're right. The only, uh, you know, side note, actually, as we yeah. tangent off already, I haven't even started yet. Um, Go for it. The first time I saw X-Men with, uh, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme, um, all I could <laughs> think of was him saying, make it so. Every time he, he rolled up in, the, in his wheelchair. So. Right. Ex- exactly. Yeah. I thought the same thing. I mean, I thought, oh, my God, per, you know, Patrick Stewart is Professor X. That's perfect. But, yeah, I was just waiting for him to go, you know, turn to Cyclops and be like, number one, make it so. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. Cyclops looking at him like, wait, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> crazy. It's crazy. Anyway, that's a whole nother podcast because I have a bunch of stuff about those X-Men movies. <laughs> well, well, we'll get to that. But you know what? Super fan Angelica, she is she is waiting to hear about Order of the Phoenix, so let's let's dive right in. Yeah, so this uh, this episode, this this episode, this mm-hmm. movie, um, it doesn't start out like the normal movie does. Well, it does, but it doesn't. Okay, well, it it, it kind of starts it kind of starts with a Dursley scene, yeah. but not exactly. And it's <laughs> this is actually kind of the way it happens in the book, and. Uh, did you, did you like uh, Did you like Tough Dudley? <laughs> yeah. I, oh my God! It reminded me of, like my childhood when I was getting bullied by some dope. But uh, yeah, it was it was interesting. <laughs> yeah, it was really interesting to actually see him. Um, you know, like that. Like he had. Uh, 
he had the sleeveless shirt on, right? And he had like the chain, yeah. and he had his hair all gelled up, and he's uh, acting tough. And he wasn't uh, eating, he wasn't eating or, or watching TV, which I was really really surprised. Yeah, well, in the in the book, the the reason they kind of explain that is you know, uh, spoiler alert: Dudley's fat. <laughs> um, and the thing is, there's always like as these opening Dursley scenes happen, uh, Aunt Petunia is constantly getting letters from the school, basically like the school nurse going. Uh, look, Mrs. Dursley, your kid's fat. Do something about it. So it, it, it happens that in the prior school year, Dudley gets involved in a sport that he actually excels at, which is boxing. He, he joins uh, his school's boxing team. So he actually kind of gets in shape and he actually becomes mobile. Um, you know, and Harry's like, oh, great. My number one tormentor now knows how to box. Awesome. <laughs> That's that. I never knew that. That's actually a very interesting fact with the, with the book. You know, again, obviously they're focusing on Harry, but I'd love to see them do like just a movie on the Dursleys and just like those, those scenes when Harry's at home. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Or, you know, I always, I always kind of wondered like, you know, what it's like, like when he goes away to school, you know, are they throwing like these big parties? Like, you know, he's gone. Yay. Yay. Thank God he's gone. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an incredible opening scene because, um, you know, ha uh, Harry and, um, and Dudley are headed home and they get attacked by dimensions. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, Harry, of course, you know, he, he defends the two of them, but Dudley gets affected by the Dementor. So, it's, it's wild stuff. And next thing you know, it's sort of like, uh, hey, Harry, you know, you're going to get kicked out of school. There's like a whole they're putting him on trial like he's coming before like this big, uh, you know, Senate subcommittee or something. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, can I ask you a quick question? Was this absolutely the beginning of this movie? Wasn't mm -hmm. there the scenes with the newspaper? Or was that was that a different? Was that the next one? Um, that says like the, the Minister of Defense is denying that. Voldemort's back. I that's, think yeah, this that's is, the next yeah, one. this is the one. Oh, this I is think the this one. is the one. Okay. I think this is the one because um yeah, because if you remember at the end of um Goblet of Fire, you know, Voldemort returns, but really Harry's the only one that really sees it. And of course, Dumbledore and we'll find out, you know, in this in this chapter, uh we find out who believes them and who doesn't. And and the Ministry of Magic like they don't like, you know, uh, I hate to say it, you know, with the way things are nowadays, they kind of they kind of pull a Trump. You know, it's like they label him fake news, basically. Right. Yeah. There's no there's no uh, Voldemort. It's fake news. <laughs> I have it on good authority. Voldemort's gone. You know, like like this is like what we're getting. He needs to be the next minister of defense in these new movies. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Could you imagine that? <laughs> I'm not importing potions from China. They're not good. <laughs> Oh boy. Okay, here we go again. Sorry about that. Um, but you know what? Look, uh, in, in the one of the things I love about the Harry Potter series is we. It seems like every book, every movie, we get introduced to new characters, and uh, in this one, we get and and I, I really enjoyed her in the book, and uh, you know we get. <clears throat> excuse me. We get the Lord Umbridge. Yeah, oh, I, know. I can't stand her. I have to oh. be honest with you. This is my least favorite character. Of all mm -hmm. the characters in the Harry Potter uh, series, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, now, now here's the interesting thing: is when you when you read the book, uh, Harry basically describes her as looking like a toad, like she's a short, squat woman with like this wide face, and she and she dresses in all pink, like she does in the movie, which is like 
Oh my God. Um, and, and he, Harry basically says like, she has this pink bow that sits on her head and he says, it looks like a fly that like, she's about to eat with her giant, like toad tongue. So when I kind of saw the trailers and I started watching the movies, uh, Dolores Umbridge is played by Amelda Staunton. I hope I pronounced that right. And she doesn't look like a toad. She kind of reminded me of like, uh, of like, Sort of like a cross between like Margaret Thatcher and Martha Stewart, you know, like it wasn't the way they described her in the book. But I thought, even though I hate the character, I, I, I thought they really pulled it off. Like, like you, you loved to hate her. Oh, that, yeah, that's exactly. It. I mean, she's a great character per se. But, uh, you know, what happens to her towards the end is awesome. But, uh, um, oh, yeah, <laughs> uh, as an I mean, her character itself is a great character, but. The character I can't stand her now. She reminds me, you know, when I look mm -hmm. at her wearing all the pink and stuff, I think of like, you know, the Queen of England mixed with like my 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 great aunt like Marie. Like they dressed that that same way. It's just I had I had flashbacks when I watched this movie. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, like not only that, like you know, there's the scenes in her office where she has she has those like commemorative plates and they're all of cats so i'm like is she a cat lady like does she, does she have like a hundred cats like back at home or something no wonder why she's miserable she's a cat lady oh my god but it's like she's evil like she evil. she's she is evil but she has like that like you know oh mr potter you're such a naughty but like she's like that little sweet voice which is so fake like you you, you know she wants to like really just scream at these kids but does i mean i Go ahead. Does it say in the book whether what house she's from? No, I don't think they talk about really her background at all. Like she's sort of, kind of, she's been there in the ministry, um, and kind of the way they describe it is, you know, okay. Harry is saying that Voldemort's back. Uh, Cornelius Fudge, who's the Minister of Magic, is he's going into the whole denial. No, it's not true. During the because, trial. During the trial, right. Well, really, during the entire book, because really what what they what they get at later is, you know, you find out that Cornelius Fudge is he's sort of like he's sort of like a George Bush, like like a G.W. Bush, like he's like a bumbling sort of like leader. But, you know, people are sort of like, hey, he's bumbling, but, you know, he's a nice guy, whatever. Um, he really sees this like he thinks that this is a plan between Harry and Dumbledore to get him kicked out of office, like saying, look, Voldemort's back. Cornelius Fudge doesn't know what he's doing. You know, like, like he's basically thinking Dumbledore's making a play for his position, which is like the first furthest thing from the truth. Like Dumbledore doesn't care about that. Dumbledore's like Voldemort's back. We got to get rid of him. Like, I don't want to be minister of magic. I just want to get rid of Voldemort. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause you know, he's had so, so many, uh, you know, he had a long relationship with, uh, with uh, Voldemort, and obviously, we'll learn hopefully somewhere in the next few movies that they make with the Wizarding World. But uh, yeah, mm -hmm. so yeah, I I see that. Like you know, Dumbledore seems like the guy who's like he's that principal that wants to make his school just be safe and be you know be great. That's all. Yeah, I mean that's really what it is. He's he's looking out for the safety and well being, you know, of of the kids at Hogwarts. You know, the magical world in general. Um, you know. In early books, they kind of like make references to the fact that, like, if he really wanted to, he could be because he's he's also he's a very beloved wizard. He's very respected. 
you know, if he wanted to, he, he could lead the Ministry of Magic if he wanted to. But he doesn't want to. But yet Cornelius Fudge is so insecure. He's like, oh, they're making a they're making a run at me here. So uh, Dolores Umbridge is sort of like this, you know, she's a bit of a brown noser. She's sort of like cozies up to Cornelius Fudge and she's like, send me to Hogwarts. You know, I'll take care of these troublemakers for you, you know, and that's really how she gets to the position that she gets in, which is. Do they talk about that in the book? She's in the trial, the trial scene. And then I was like, okay, well, I guess that's all we're going to see of her. And then she, you know, becomes the minister, um, the defense against the dark arts uh, teacher. Yeah. Like when you, when you, you know, when we see it in the movie, you see her there and it's the same thing in the book. And then when they go to Hogwarts and they're introducing the, uh, you know, oh, our new defense against the dark arts teacher, you know, Harry's just like, oh, geez, it's her. Like he remembers her from the trial and he's like, oh no, like this, this is not good. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So she's, she, we know now my last question about her. Go ahead. Um, and I don't know if maybe I missed it. You know, I, I'm, I'm known to do that. Is she a Death Eater? You know what? She's not, but you'll see later on that, you know, in, in future books and movies, she kind of displays an attitude that she, she would make a perfect Death Eater. You know, so she's... It's it's really, really odd. It's She would be the type that at the beginning of this series, she would be like, you know, oh, the Death Eaters were evil and horrible and this and that. Uh, but she really changes her tune. And when we get to later books and movies, she may not be one, but she definitely possesses, like, the attitude of one for sure. Like, she, she fits right in with them. I have to tell you, other than trying to kill Harry Potter with Lord Voldemort, I think mm-hmm. Dolores Umbridge is probably the evilest character in this book. <laughs> yeah, she really, I mean, she really is. And, you know, it's like, she's like that devil in disguise, you know, like she's all in pink and, you know, oh, she's the crazy cat lady with all her pictures of her cats and whatnot. And, you know, if you think about it for a majority of this movie and book, she doesn't scream and yell. She doesn't throw tantrums. Like she's very like prim and proper and, you know, she talks like in this very sweet voice, but, you know, it's fake and, you know, like her words are pure venom, but she like packages it in this like really sort of like sweet package. So, yeah, I mean, that's to me, that's evil. <laughs> her and Bellatrix are probably the, the closest to being 1966 villains, except they're evil. Very true. <laughs> yeah, <Right>? absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Gosh, Batman, Dolores Umbridge is on the loose again. <laughs> yeah, she's crazy. <laughs> All right, move on. <laughs> well, well, moving on, we we get introduced in this book and movie to my all-time favorite character, Med-Eye? Luna Lovegood. Oh, Luna Lovegood, yes. Luna Lovegood. When I first read her in the books, I was like, I love this character. I can't wait to see her on film. And she is portrayed by uh, Ivana Lynch, who I thought so. And then seeing like documentaries and stuff, they said, this girl is Luna Lovegood and and it's it's so true to me best character in the entire series. <laughs> yeah, she uh, she's well, yeah, I mean I like her a lot too. Um I just like the quirkiness of her. Um mm-hmm. I couldn't you know, it was hard for me to figure out you know where where she's going to fit in here, but as we go on you you see it. Um Yeah. I think she's yeah. I think she's pretty good. She was in the wasn't she in the No, she wasn't in the the last movie, right? 
No, this is this is the book and the movie that she gets introduced in. Okay, yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah, I mean, she has some pretty decent scenes in the next couple of movies. Uh, very important scenes, actually. Uh, yeah, which I, yeah, I can see why yeah, you like her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, because like you said, she's that quirky character. Uh, she has that brutal honesty. Like she just like whatever is on her mind, she says. You know, she says things that make people uncomfortable. Um, I know it's not in this one, but later on there's a there's a scene. I think it's in the seventh one where it's actually her father is talking to Harry Potter, and Harry is really sort of like, okay, this guy's nuts. I got to get out of here. And Luna comes over and she's just like, she's like, come on, Dad, let's not bother Harry anymore. Clearly, he doesn't want to talk to us anymore, but he's too polite to say anything. And it's like that's Luna Lovegood right there. Exactly. You know? yeah. Yeah, that's during the wedding scene in another movie. But yes, I mean, she, yeah. her character, I could see why you really do like her. I, I think that um, she kind of, you know, for the first few movies, Neville had been the, like, comic relief of these kids. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she's really taken that role. Now, Neville's still there. Uh, but she really has, like, light in the mood in movies that are very, very dark. Yeah, she definitely is. Yeah, she's definitely... And I guess we could kind of say she's comic relief, but she's also... It's like she's like... She's a... She kind of appears to be like a simple character, sort of like, oh, that's, you know... Like, every school had one like that, sort of like odd kid that, you know, no one really talked to. They said weird stuff. They did weird things. She's very, very complex, because let's not forget, she's in Ravenclaw. That means she's intelligent. And she really... You know, from here forward, she really shows her intelligence. Um, oh, that's not what that means. I didn't know that. I didn't know. Yeah, Raven. It's like the mm-hmm. the intelligent, smart people. Oh yeah. Oh, so just real quick. Um, yeah. So the four houses. Uh, you know, Gryffindor are pretty <clears> much they're like the noble and brave ones. Uh, Ravenclaw are like the uh, known for their intelligence. Slytherins are known for like their sort of like cunning, and Hufflepuffs are they're just in general, like nice people, uh, you know, hard workers, um, kind of like that. Yeah, like each house kind of has their own little designation, I guess, is the best thing for it. Because there's, and I don't remember which book it's in, there's actually, um, they're discussing like when the sorting hat goes on them and chooses it. Uh, Hermione actually says, Oh, yeah, when the hat was on me, it was trying to decide, like, it couldn't decide, should I put you in Ravenclaw or should I put you in Gryffindor? You know, because people are like, Hermione, you're really smart. Why aren't you in Ravenclaw? <laughs> She's like, yeah, I know, but the hat stuck me in Gryffindor. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, and of course you see as we go through the books that she's very adventurous, very cunning. Um, she's probably the best wizard I've ever known. <laughs> yeah, she really is. Like, she's definitely – you know what? And that's something I really kind of like about this series is the fact that, you know, okay, Harry Potter is the main guy, but – you know, the young women in this series, they're very, they're very strong, you yeah. know, from Hermione, um, Ginny, you know, we meet Luna, <laughs> Luna's a very strong character, even Mrs. Weasley. I mean, they're very strong, yeah. positive female characters. And, and, that's, Mrs. I Mag- think, and uh, Professor McGonagall, too. I mean, Professor McGonagall. Maggie Smith, oh. I mean, she's, ve- I mean, not only as an actress, but I mean, in this movie, she's a woman that you can, you know, other women can look up to and girls can oh. look up to, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And that's and I think that's a really, you know, and I don't think people really discuss it. But yeah, that's like really a hallmark of the series is like very strong, positive female characters. Um, but speaking of female characters and this one, uh, Cho Chang, 
she's also kind of a an important character in this series because as you remember uh she dated cedric in the last one but she did like harry of course at the end cedric dies um and there's kind of some differences between the book and the movie here so okay go for it okay so really you know we 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 know that she always kind of liked harry but harry didn't man up he didn't ask her out and uh cedric did and she dated Cedric pretty much for most of the fourth year. Uh, he, he does die in the end of the book. You know, we know that. the book Spoiler the alert. Spoiler <laughs> alert. If you didn't listen to our last one, and you know nothing about Harry Potter. Again, why are you tuning into this one? That's right. Um, but, you know, in this one, you know, clearly she does like Harry and everything. But, you know, in the books, she does like Harry, but she's also kind of, She's very and it's understandably so, you know, her her boyfriend died at the end of the, the last school year. But the way they kind of portray her in the book, I almost sort of imagine like, you know, in the scenes when we don't see them, you know, like obviously these kids are doing things throughout the school day. I sort of pictured like Cho up in her dorm room, like turning the lights down and like listening to the cure. And, you know, she's just like this very sort of like sad mopey teenager you know what's the meaning of life oh uh, let me put on a cure album yeah you know, i have to be honest of... she's not one of my favorite characters in this in this in this story in these books as well by the way i mean i'm not a big fan i'm not i just i found her uh useless <laughs> yeah it's 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 very you know like they when Harry first sees her, and he actually first sees her in um, Prisoner of Azkaban when they play Quidditch, it's really, really brief. You know, he's, you know, he thinks she's cute. He, he, he thinks that she's pretty. But, yeah, I mean, this is not the girl for Harry Potter. No, you know, she's... It, it's funny. The whole time I'm thinking, I know what's going on with Ron and Hermione, but I'm thinking they're going to end up together, her, uh, Harry and Hermione. Yeah, I'm always kind of shocked about that one. But you know what? It actually, you know, just talking about all that um, and just, you know, the relationships and things, I thought, and it's 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 in both the movie and the book, I thought it was a funny scene when, you know, Harry finally does kiss Cho, and then when he comes back to uh, the common room there at the Gryffindor Tower, you know, he, Ron, and Hermione are sitting around, and he's sort of like, you know, yeah, I kissed her, and Ron's all like, oh, yeah, man, you know, like, you know, like, like teenagers do, and Hermione, of course, is sitting there, like, rolling her eyes, like, boys, whatever, and Harry's, you know, Ron's like, what was it like, and, you know, Harry's like, well, she was crying, and Ron's like, are you that bad of a kisser, and I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, okay, Ron, Mr. Ladies Man, you know, the, the, the uh, object of your affection is sitting right next to you. You've said nothing to her. Yeah. And you're mocking Harry Potter. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, well, she's crying because obviously, you know, I guess it's a, a tough thing to lose someone and be back together again. But again, I and honestly, there's some parts in maybe this movie and the next movie. I thought Harry was going to end up with Luna, too. Yeah, I, I did kind of think that. I mean, you know, the, the book really implies that it's going to be Ginny. You know, Ginny's had the crush on him from day one. Um, later on, as Ginny gets older, Harry starts to notice her. I did kind of think, and I was sort of like, you know what? Clearly, it's going to be Ron and Hermione. I mean, they're just really playing that one out. But, you know, Harry and Luna, because they, they have some really good scenes. Like, they have the scene in this movie where... 
Uh, there are those sort of like they they sort of look like skeletal horses. They're called thestrals, and they're the ones that pull the carriages. And um, Harry can see them. You know, and this is the scene where we're introduced to Luna, where he's like, "Can you see it?" And everybody's like, "No, we can't see it, Harry. What you know? What's going on?" And that's when Luna's like, "Oh, I can see him too, <laughs> and you're just as sane as I am." She's you know, she's Jen Brady, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's I think she's Jan and Marsha rolled all into one. There you go. Uh, <laughs> but, so, um, yeah, go ahead. So we're twenty seven minutes into this thing, right? Right now that we're talking and we haven't okay. even mentioned Order of the Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, we haven't even talked about the Order of the Phoenix at all. <laughs> well, you know what? Look, this this series and especially here in this book, we have a lot of great characters and uh, you know <laughs> yes, I, I love talking about it. But yeah, maybe it's about time we talk actually talked about the Order of the Phoenix. Yeah, so um, what is the Order of the Phoenix, Jay? <laughs> the Order of the Phoenix. Oh boy, they are the uh, they are a group of wizards and witches that uh, they oppose Voldemort. Um, back when Voldemort first came into power, you know, the Order of the Phoenix got together to basically oppose him. They're sort of they're sort of the opposite of the Death Eaters if you think about it. Uh, so of course. The entire Weasley family is in it. Uh, Sirius Black is a member. Remus Lupin is a member. And we find out Professor Snape is in the Order of the Phoenix. Yeah, that's, this was a big shocker to me. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's my favorite character, uh, hands down. I was mm-hmm. so shocked that uh, we find out. And he's got, I, I know we're going, again, I'm going off the, uh, the rails, but his story in this, I mean, it's this is this could be called the Snape and the whatever, or the Harry and the whatever. I mean, they really are hand in hand. Oh yeah, <coughs> oh yeah. And it was it was. I, I remember reading in the book. You know, they get to the the headquarters of the Order of the Phoenix uh, is the old Black Mansion, um, Sirius Black's family. Uh, they're using it sort of as their headquarters. Uh, Harry, Ron, and Hermione, um, they're taken there before the school year to sort of stay there to be safe. Um, and in the... Actually, they do it in the movie, too. You sort of see that... I think they do it in the movie, because they definitely do it in the book. When they get there, they're having like this big meeting, and the kids uh, aren't allowed to in, but... They, they sneak away, uh, Fred and George, with their uh, extendable ears, those giant ears that are like listening devices. And they hear that Snape is there or they're, and they're sort of like, what Snape, like, what's he doing here? He's like the worst person ever. And we find out that Dumbledore is using him as sort of like a double agent. Like he's he's a Death Eater and a member of the Order of the Phoenix. And, you know, I mean, this this causes a lot of tension. <laughs> well, now Harry knows now, right, that he's a. Uh... That he's kind of playing both sides of the fence. I mean, he knows it, but he like like he and and Sirius Black like they don't buy it. They don't buy it for a second. They think that he's pure evil. He's going to turn on them, um, you know. And, and you know, other members are kind of skeptical of it. You know, Dumbledore, of course, Dumbledore trusts him fully. So some members are like, "Look, if Dumbledore trusts him, we'll trust him too." But, you know, Harry, Ron, uh, Sirius Black, they're like, yeah, we're, we're not having it. He's he's should not be here. OK. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I know you, you learn later on a few things um, about Snape. And I, I just I, you know, I don't know at this point in time, because obviously 
Lupin and Black are best friends with the Potters. Um, didn't they know that? Oh, I don't want to spoil it. So never mind. Keep moving on. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, that's the thing is, is you know, there, there's Sirius is constantly telling Harry that you know, look, back in school, your dad and, and Snape. I mean, they were mortal enemies, sort of like the way you and, <laughs> and, and Draco are. We can't trust this guy. And look, there's the scene too. Because another revelation that, that comes out is is that Voldemort and Harry are they're sort of connected. You know, they, they kind of share almost like a mental link. And um, you know, Dumbledore is sort of telling Harry, like, look, you have to sort of learn to close off your mind. It's actually a magic known as uh occlumency. I hope I pronounced that right. And you know, he's like he's like, We have to teach you. So Harry's like thinking, Great. Dumbledore is going to teach me. He's like, oh, no, no, no. The master of occlumency around here is Professor Snape. He's going to teach you. And Harry's like, oh, <laughs> lovely. <laughs> well, you know, and just to backtrack a little bit, during the, the beginning of this this movie, Dumbledore mm-hmm. was trying to avoid Harry, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they really, in the book, they even really, you know, even play that up. Like, Harry is constantly like, Okay, I walk into the room, uh, he walks out. Like, I took a shower this morning, what's going on here? You know, it's, it, they, they really, he notices, and he explains why at the end. But, uh, you know, Harry's got to get these occlumency lessons from Professor Snape, uh, where basically Professor Snape is like, I'm going to read your mind, stop me from doing it. And Harry's like, how do I do that? He's like, just do it, <laughs> you know, it's... <laughs> It's like clearly he's like torturing him here. It's 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 but we have that scene where Do you think he enjoys that torture? I think he did. I think he did on some level. You know, it's it's kind of strange. I I think Professor Snape is sort of taking the attitude of like, you know, look, Voldemort's back. You know, you know what I know it. Hell, I'm pretending to be a death eater. I'm meeting with him face to face. He's out there. We don't have time to be like all namby pamby and let me hold your hand and teach. Like, you got to learn this yesterday. So the best way to do it is like, you know, like when you're a kid and you're like, "Hey, Dad, how do I swim?" Your dad picks you up and tosses you in the pool. Like he's sort of doing that, but on some level, he does enjoy it too. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Absolutely. But we have that scene though where he's he's uh, you know he's reading Harry's mind and he's seeing all these embarrassing things. Like, I think he even sees the image of when he kisses Cho, and he sort of, like, mocks him for it. Like, you know, hey, why don't you focus on the lesson instead of thinking about girls or something like that? <laughs> so Harry gets mad, and when he tries to read his mind again, Harry actually is able to stop him, and he actually starts reading Snape's mind. And we get that scene of Snape remembering when, you know, Harry's dad and his friends, you know, Lupin and, and Sirius, like, used to torment him. Right. And that that was like uh, that was sort of like a shocker, you know, because Harry's thinking, oh, Snape was this evil guy. And my dad was this awesome guy. But we sort of see that, you know, Harry's dad was a teenager. So he was he was a bit of a jerk, too, at times, you know. <laughs> Do you think that's something that Harry's thinking that this can't be true or is it just, uh, you know, maybe it's fabrication? No, I think I mean, I think that's his first thought is like, that's not true. But then. You know, he, I think I think he, he does kind of believe it and is sort of like, you know, look, it's when you're a kid, 
you look at your parents one way and then as you get older and you start to learn some truths, you know, it kind of like it's a shock to you. But then you're sort of like, well, yeah, you know, my parents, you know, they're they're people, too, you know, and he's sort of thinking, yeah, my dad is like a person, too, you know, so, yeah, maybe he was a bit of a jerk, but that doesn't mean that overall he wasn't a really great guy. <laughs> so in this movie, I mean, mm-hmm. talking about, you know, being tortured by Snape, he's tortured a bunch of times in this movie. Uh, you oh, know, my God. With, yeah. Dolor- with Dolores Umbridge, whose um, her punishments are uh, I supposedly they're outlawed in the the Hogwarts. I guess it's something that they used to do. And so yeah, I don't know. Yeah. She's got that quill. Yeah. Basically. So she's like, okay, your punishment is right a thousand times. I will not tell lies. And Harry's like, okay, whatever. And this quill, he, he's like, well, there's no ink. And she's like, nope, don't worry about it. And he starts to write and it cuts the words into the back of his hand. And what happens is, is uh, in the book, he has to go to her office a lot and write a lot of lines he eventually has like a little scar on the back of his hand that says, I must not tell lies, uh, you know? And yeah, I mean, this, this kid gets really tormented in this book. Um, you know, he's got Snape probe in his mind. He's got professor Umbridge, you know, basically scarring him, you know, and here's the other thing. Um, half of the school does not believe him. Uh, so not only does he have like the usual Malfoy, you know, sort of on his case, <clears throat> Even some friends of his, you know, there's the scene where, you know, one of his uh, housemates there, the Seamus Finnegan. Yeah, the kid that blows up things. <laughs> the kid that blows up things, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Seamus, like, Seamus doesn't believe him. And Seamus is, like, actually, you know, the actor didn't really do a good job in the movie. In the book, they're, they're ready to go to blows. Like, they're ready to, like, you know, forget wands. Like, we're, we're doing fists here, you know. Because he, he basically, you know, Seamus says, like, you know, he's like, well, my mom read this in the paper. My mom says this. My mom says that. And Harry's sort of like, yeah, good for your mom. And he's like, don't talk about my mother. And I was like, oh, boy, here we go. <laughs> fight, 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 fight. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, they mentioned, I guess some of them say, you know, they said that my parents wouldn't let me, weren't debating if I should come back this year because yeah. of him. So, you know, Harry Potter's getting tortured by Snape getting tortured by Umbridge. He's got uh, Voldemort in his head, and now he's got his friend saying that uh, it's all his fault. Yeah, and then plus two, you know, he's also conflicted because he likes Cho. Cho likes him. You know, he saw her boyfriend die. He's like, should I make a move? Should I not make a move? They're like, there's that whole thing. Um, You know, and... I think it's like Hermione that says to him, or no, I think it's actually Luna that says to him, you know, Luna's like, don't you realize what Voldemort is doing? Voldemort, like, you know, yeah, all these bad things are happening and you're distancing yourself from all of us, from like the people that actually believe you and love you and support you. Don't you think that's what Voldemort wants? He wants you like alone and friendless and and miserable. She sort of was like the one that kind of like, Smacks him on the back of the head, like, wake up, Harry Potter, you know? Yeah, you're going to turn into Voldemort, because that's how Voldemort was when he was a kid. Yeah, like, yeah, it's like, uh, you know, she's almost saying, like, look, that's his plan, to either make him so miserable, you'll jump to his side, or you're going to be so alone and miserable, you're easy picking. So, you know, get up off your butt, you know, dust yourself off, and let's form Dumbledore's army. 
Yeah, so how, where does that start from? I mean, I know that um, just before or after Double Board's like thrown out. Oh, no, this is before, right? It's before, yeah. And, <clears throat> you know, and that's the thing is, um, you know, because it's really Hermione's idea. Hermione's sort of like, you know, look, Voldemort's out there. We have the Order of the Phoenix. Now, we're too young. They won't let us join them, but we could do something. So she kind of talks Harry into it to sort of form this this group. And it's not... You know, they're not like rebels or anything. He's she's sort of like, look, Harry, it's dangerous out there now. We we have to learn how to protect ourselves. You're the best teacher. And Harry's like, no, I'm not. You know, Hermione, you're the smartest. You're you're the greatest. She's like, yeah, but you've actually done stuff. You know, you made a Patronus. You know, you fought Voldemort in that graveyard. She's like, yeah, I'm great at taking tests. But, <laughs> you know, you're you're the real deal, Harry Potter, and uh, you know they formed Dumbledore's army, which uh, I thought was really really cool. I really enjoyed that part. That was a, yeah, I missed some great scenes. When I like the scenes where like they're trying, uh, what's his name, uh, the um, the groundskeeper. Oh, Mr. Filch. Mr. Filch, <laughs> and like they're trying to chase, they're trying to find this, you know, this uh, this room where they're training and. They're like hitting walls. I just find that that was like hilarious to me. It's like a Three Stooges episode or something. Or oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's the one Luna's like skipping down the the hallway and she goes into the door and they all run in. It's like a broom closet and they're all like piled up in there. I'll tell you what. It's it's better. Uh, a better analogy is when uh, Wiley Coyotes taking trying you know, chasing like the Roadrunner and he just mm-hmm. keeps like you know. Slipping away and so it's it's funny. Sorry, I just think it's funny. <laughs> no, it's very true though. It's very very true though. So um, so go ahead. Uh, Wiley Coyote and uh, Roadrunner. That's from Bugs Bunny for you kids that have no clue what that is. <laughs> or Space Jam, if they saw Space Jam, maybe I don't know. Oh, maybe. <laughs> but um, there's there's a scene here, uh, and they do it a lot differently in the book. Um, but there's the scene where uh, early on in the movie. Uh, Sirius gives uh, Harry a picture of the original Order of the Phoenix and he's like look there's your mom and dad and there's me and blah 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 and there's like he's kind of pointing some people out Um, in that picture are Neville's parents uh, the Longbottoms very sad and now you know in the movie we uh, Harry kind of puts it up in the in the room where they're training sort of like his inspiration and and Neville kind of tells the story of how you know, his parents, they were both Aurors, which, like Mad-Eye Moody, you know, they hunt dark wizards and whatnot, and they were captured and tortured by Bellatrix Lestrange. Like, they were actually tortured. In the book, if you remember, uh, Mr. Weasley gets attacked. He gets attacked by uh, Voldemort's snake. Harry sees it. uh, And Mr. Weasley, of course, ends up in the hospital. When they go to visit him in the hospital... You know, they're there visiting him and um, they're kind of wandering around the hospital and they run into an old friend. They see uh, in one of these sort of wards, they see Gilderoy Lockhart, who, of course, completely forgets who he is. It's sort of like the mental ward of the hospital. So Ron's like, hey, come on, let's go talk to him. So they're talking to him. And then they see at the far end, they see Neville visiting, you know, these two people Um and it turns out, you know, it's it's Neville's parents and he's there with his grandmother, you know, that grandmother that he really fears. And this is like where the story is sort of revealed. And, you know, Neville's grandmother is furious. She's like, you never told your friends about your your parents. They were brave. 
you know, you're such a coward, Neville. And that's real. This is really like the so birth. they're not dead? No, they're not dead. No, oh, they're. It gives the assumption that they're dead in the movie. That's the thing is they, they, she, uh, Bellatrix Lestrange, she actually, she tortured them into insanity. Oh, So they are basically, like, when you see them in the book, they're, like, sort of, like, I hate to say it, they're sort of, like, simple-minded. They have no idea who Neville is, you know, they're just sort of, they're almost like children. You know, and it's very, it's, it's very, very sad, you know, Neville visits them. And they have no clue who he is, and it's I think it's that's heartbreaking. Worth it. I'm thinking, you know, the parents are dead. I mean, that's one thing, but they have to have to see your parents that way. Yeah. I think it's probably even worse. Yeah, but this is this is sort of the birth of like badass Neville. Like this is like when <laughs> Neville. This is when Neville really starts to turn it around. He's like, yeah, I'm ready for things. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, he he really is. He he's sort of like you know what they fought for what they believe in. I could do it too. And this is like when you start to see him. He's actually doing stuff right. You know, he's casting spells correctly. It's sort of like, all right, Neville. <laughs> he's getting skinny. Yeah, he's starting to get skinny, you know. <laughs> he's, he's looking at Luna over there, sort of like, you know, flexing, going, hey, baby, what time is it? Let me look at my watch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, he's, he's technically Jeannie's first boyfriend, right? They uh, He invites her to the ball, the Yule ball in Goblet of Fire. Yeah, <clears throat> but... That's really about it. <laughs> That's all about it. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> enough about that. Enough about that. Um, trying to think what else. Well, I mean, you know, there's a couple of other characters that are introduced. Um, we get introduced to another Auror named uh, Tonks. She was the one she could, like, change her appearance. Yeah. You know, she changed her hair color. Yeah, they kind of, in the movies, they kind of gloss over her. She's a little more... They talk about her a little more in the books, and it's really, she's sort of like Mystique. Like, she, she can turn into anybody. She could, it's not like, oh, I'm going to make my hair purple, I'm going to make my hair red. Like, she can actually assume the form of really anybody. Yeah, I think, doesn't she, well, doesn't she uh, do that in the movie at some point in time? I think, like, she, you know, we see her kind of, like, changing her hair, and then I think there's the scene, like, where they're, like, at dinner, and she's, like, making all these faces, like, just, just like, for entertainment, like, she's, like, making the kids laugh, she's, like, she gives herself, like, a long nose, and then she does this, but it's, like, yeah, she's, she's a little more badass than that. <laughs> now, this movie has mm-hmm. probably one of the best fight scenes in it, right? Yes. To, um, yes. I think it's... Honestly, I think it's probably probably second only to like Carrie and Voldemort going at it, and then the you know the, the the last movie. But I mean, this one's great and sad at the same time. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. is there any differences between that scene and and in the movie scene? Uh, in the book, it's 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 extended out a little bit more, but trust me, you know the the movie really captures it. Um, so basically the fight scene we're talking about is, you know, apparently, <clears throat> excuse me, apparently there was a prophecy made about Harry and Voldemort, everything like that. And Voldemort wants to get his hands on it. He wants to hear it so he knows what he needs to do or how he could defend himself. And the uh, prophecy is stored in this uh, place in the ministry called the Department of Mysteries. And the thing is, um, only people that the prophecy are about they they only they could touch it so either Voldemort 
or Harry Potter. Now, Voldemort's not going to go to the Ministry of Magic, so they trick Harry Potter into going there to retrieve it for them uh, by making him think that Sirius Black is captured and they're going to kill him, and, and, you know, he and Ron, Hermione, <clears throat> Neville, Ginny, Luna, they go. And, yeah. Teen Titans, is, unite. Exactly, yeah, right. <laughs> Titans go. <laughs> That's right. I couldn't think of the go part. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No. But 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 this is awesome because um, they get there. Uh, you know, Neville's like, "Hey, Harry, there's something here about you." And Harry picks up the prophecy, and this is when you know you want to talk evil. Lucius Malfoy comes out, and he's just. I mean, Jason Isaacs is an amazing actor. Absolutely. When he's just like, you know, give it to me, Mister Pot, like. Ooh, like chills like this guy's evil <laughs> yeah he is definitely evil <laughs> but it's it's cool because these these kids this dumbledore's army you know the teen titans you know they're going up against death eaters like these 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 people have killed people and there's there's bellatrix lestrange she's there as well i mean these are some heavy hitters and these kids she's hold the their joker own laugh. against them she's got the What's joker. that she's got that joker laugh Oh my god! It's scary. Yeah. It's very scary. She does a great job yeah. too, by the way. Um, yeah. So that, oh, I'm sorry. Continue on with that scene. Yeah, it was a perfect <laughs> no, casting. <laughs> yeah, Helena Bonham Carter. Perfect, perfect casting. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's an amazing scene because these these kids hold their own against like these adults, like these adults that have been practicing magic their whole lives, and these are some these are some bad people, and they really hold their own. Like in the in the book, they actually, they are running all throughout this Department of Mysteries. They come across some weird stuff. Uh, there's a lot of fights. But just like in the movie, in the book, the kids really hold their own until the end when, you know, they're all trapped. And, and uh, Lucius is like, okay, you know, hand me the prophecy or we'll kill your friends. And, of course, Neville's like, don't do it, don't do it. And then the cavalry arrives. All right. The Order of the Phoenix shows up. Order of the yes. Oh, this is a very God. sad scene. I mean, it's a great battle. Um, God, uh, just it was just seeing. Uh, I love Sirius Black too. I think he's a great character as well. And just uh, Gary Oldman's amazing. So yeah. you know, just a battle between him and uh, I guess Lucius, right? Well, he's 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 sort of fighting everybody, but then you know, uh, oh, his evil cousin. Yeah, his evil cousin, you know, Lestrange there, like, they face off. And the thing is, you know, in the movie it's sad because we see him get hit and then he falls into that archway. And it's very, very sad. But in the book, what happens is, is she hits him and he falls into it. And Harry's sort of like, okay, he'll just pop right back out. No big deal. So Harry's sort of like waiting and waiting. And then he realizes, you know, that he's gone. Like, and it really, it's, it's. It's a real, it's a real shocker to him. Like he's and and when I read that, I was just like, oh man, it's it's they're, they're killing off the beloved characters. It's getting real now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, he that scene where he gets uh, hit and then falls into the the thing. I mean, Harry then Harry's just like it's like all right, I'm gonna kill everybody I see now. Yeah, he 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 really really loses it, and then uh, you know Voldemort shows up. And, then, and how about that battle between Voldemort and Dumbledore? Yeah, that's oh a great God. scene, too, yeah. Absolutely so they, amazing. So they battle, and then basically uh, at some point, uh, Voldemort, like, is ready to disappear. That's when uh, the ministry, Minister of uh, 
magic appears and he, that's like one of my favorite scenes he's like he is back <laughs> yeah but right before that though you know we see <clears throat> that the two of them are battling and they're it's pretty much an even battle but voldemort actually possesses harry yes and in the book he sort of like he possesses harry and then he sort of ta- taunts dumbledore like you want to get rid of me you you're gonna have to kill harry potter i'm inside harry potter now you, you're gonna have to kill him um but just that whole scene where he's again he's like mocking harry basically kind of echoing the things that luna was telling him like you know you're alone and nobody loves you just give up blah 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 and then he's like no i feel sorry for you because nobody loves like love love is the real power and nobody loves you and it's sort of like it repels him it's like it's absolutely amazing just just an amazing scene yeah it is definitely a great scene <laughs> so out of all the movies that you had seen so far the first five movies where did this one rank for you this was in the middle i mean i i um oh we know we did we didn't mention uh, um, uh umbridge how'd she get uh what happened to her <laughs> so oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah that's that's very fitting um, she sort of captures all of them and she's like, you know, I knew it, your little sneaks and blah, blah. And Hermione, you know, always thinking on her feet, she's like, oh, yeah, well, our big plan was we were going to use our secret weapon out in the forest. So she's like, all right, take me there, you know, because, you know, and they kind of say it in the book, like Harry sort of notices that she's almost sort of thinking like there's a powerful weapon. Maybe I should get my hands on That's it. Right. I could be the like like she sort of gets a little drunk with power. So they come out into the woods and they come across the centaurs who, uh, you know, her her true colors really show because she's basically like, all right, you filthy beasts, you know, get out of here. And they uh, they uh, (laughs) they they get her. (laughs) Yeah, because I guess we introduced earlier in the movie to Hagrid's half brother. Yes. The giant. The Croft the giant. Yes. And he's. Talk about simple-minded. He's kind of like he didn't he look kind of like um, the 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 person that uh, Mad uh, Mad the Mad Magazine. Does oh, Alfred E. Newman. Yeah, yeah, that face does kind of look like it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's true, right? I'm, I, maybe I'm, I'm thinking I'm crazy this whole time. But so we introduce him. He's pretty much um, you know just uh, Hagrid's hiding them in the forest because do we know what reason why? Yeah, I mean, they go into it in the book a little bit, because what happens is, <clears throat> in the beginning of uh, the school year, Hagrid is nowhere to be found. Uh, he suddenly shows up in the middle of the year, and he basically explains to uh, Harry, Ron, and Hermione that Dumbledore, you know, Dumbledore knows, like, look, Voldemort's back, we need allies. Hagrid is a half-giant, so he sends Hagrid to go meet with the giants to sort of, like, get them on our side. Um it doesn't go very well. <laughs> it doesn't really work, but he discovers his half brother and he's sort of like, you know what? He's not going to be safe, but he'll be safe with me. You know, Hagrid's like, Oh, dangerous creature. Sure. It'll be safe with me. Come on. <laughs> and, and he brings him back to Hogwarts. You know, it's funny. He's one of the few characters that we see that it's like a one-time thing only. I mean, you never see him appear again at all. Yeah. And I think, in the seventh book, not to jump too far ahead, he, he kind of makes a very but yeah, this is pretty much it. He's like a he's like a one and done pretty much, yeah. Yeah. 
so in the forest, Umbridge is uh, she's pretty much kid. She like taken by uh, the giant, like he's a like she's a rag doll, right? Yeah, oh, pretty no. much. Oh, that's right. That's no, by the centaurs. The centaurs, because the, the centaurs come out, which we never really talked about in the uh, the first couple movies. Those things are pretty cool looking too. <laughs> yeah, and they play. They actually play a, a bigger role in um, in the books, but uh, yeah, they're pretty cool, and they're. You know, their sort of thing is they don't, they don't really like humans. They don't like wizards. Um, they're sort of like their kind of attitude is sort of like, look, you know, this whole magical forest and where Hogwarts is. This is really our land. We'll kind of tolerate you here, but we really don't like you, you know, sort of a thing. So when Umbridge is out there and she's calling them filthy half beasts and whatnot, n- not, not a smart move. No, not a smart move at all. <laughs> no, 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 no. Excuse me. All right, so we're at the end of the movie here, and we see, yep. um, you know, we, now they know that, uh, what's his name? Uh, Voldemort, Voldemort is, is back, back. yeah. And yep. we, uh, you know, they, he disappears, and now we're back at the school. Anything changes from there? From the book? Well, I mean, uh, no, not really. You know, Dumbledore sort of explains why, why he avoided Harry. He was sort of like, you know, look, you and Voldemort had this connection, I was worried that if Voldemort became aware of it, he would use it against, you know, he would use it against you and I didn't want to put you in danger and all that. But no, it's pretty much, yeah, it pretty much wraps up the same, you know, in, in the, in the book, in the, ah, no, there is one difference that we don't see. We, we get a Dursley scene at the end of the book. Oh man, they had to at the end of the movie too. <laughs> so basically, you know, so basically look, Harry's sort of like, he's feeling great about himself. He's like, I got Dumbledore's army. I'm kind of an unofficial member of the order of the Phoenix. Everybody believes me. Everybody's aware that Voldemort's back. This is going to be great. Uh, he gets dropped off at the train station and, uh, he sees the Dursleys waiting for him and he's sort of like, Oh God, I got to go back and live with them. And the order of the Phoenix, they're all there. And, um, they're sort of like, you know, don't carry, we got this. And they pretty much go over and intimidate the Dursleys, uh, especially Mad-Eye Moody, like Mad-Eye Moody <laughs> kind of flashes his crazy eye there. And he's sort of like, you mess with Harry Potter, I'm going to hear about it. You know, and the Dursleys are like, oh. <laughs> <coughs> Was he still wearing his chain and a short sleeve shirt? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They didn't really describe. It was really more, I think it was, uh, they sort of basically described Uncle Dursley, tur- uh, you know, Vernon Dursley turning green. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> like, you know, like, oh, man. <laughs> All right. So you mentioned mm-hmm. how much I think, what my thoughts were on the, the, uh, the movie and where it landed. For you, there's a little, you know, a couple questions there. Movie wise, sure. where's that for you? Uh, movie wise, for me, um, I still think it, it kind of ranks right behind Goblet of Fire. You know, in terms of the movies that I had seen up to that point, it was like my second favorite uh, at that point. Uh, I thought it was a great movie because, listen, this actually, this book was the longest book out of all of them. Um, so, you know, as these books are getting bigger, I'm thinking to myself, you know, there's things they're going to cut out. Um, and I think the cuts that they made were, were, were absolutely perfect. I think they captured the spirit of the book. This was probably at the time my second favorite book. Uh, and it was my second favorite movie. So I think, you know, both, you know, both of them did a great job. I, I, I really loved them both. So um, 
anything in the book that you would have rather seen in the uh, the movie other than maybe something else they put in? I mean, and I understand why they cut it out because it was kind of like some big scenes and things. Um, Ron joins the Quidditch team, and he's an actually he's actually a very good Quidditch player. Uh, he he becomes the goalie. Uh, he of course has no confidence whatsoever. Um, you know, he, he thinks he's going to be horrible and he actually starts off actually not being very, very good. Um, Harry had gotten kicked off the Quidditch team by professor Umbridge. She bans him for life. Um, and the thing is, is there's sort of like a little side story of even though they're not playing that great, they they can still actually win the championship and in the championship match, this is when Hagrid kind of pulls um, Harry and Hermione away to meet his half-brother. Mm-hmm. So they miss the match. Uh, Ron has the match of his life. Uh, he stops every single shot, and Gryffindor wins. And he's sort of like, wow, that was amazing. Did you see it? And they were like, no, we were in the woods with Hagrid. And he was like, oh, of course. <laughs> so uh, it's kind of a foreshadowing from the remember the, sec- the movie with the, the mirror. You know, he says he sees himself as a the great Quidditch player, right, or whatever it is. Yeah, he sees himself as the great Quidditch player. He sees himself as head boy, and that's the thing is in this book, um, Hermione and Ron they become prefects, which are sort of like uh, how, how how would you describe them? I guess like hall monitors. I guess <laughs> is the best way to describe them, okay. but. It's sort of like, yeah, those things that Ron did see in the in the mirror are going to come true. He does become a Quidditch champion. Uh, if he had, if he stays in school as a prefect, he could become head boy down the road. Uh, so yeah, things things kind of look up for Ron. <laughs> yeah. So we this movie, I don't. We never see a Quidditch game, do we? No. And 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 you know, I know like the diehards are like, "Where's our Quidditch?" And I'm like. Longest book, you know, longest book in the series. You're going to have an eight-hour movie. Like, I was kind of disappointed because it was Ron's shining moment. But I was, at the same time, I'm like, yeah, you put that in, I'm going to be here all day. Like, I get it. I yeah, get it's, it. it's a shame. Poor Ron doesn't really get a lot of great scenes. I think he, he peaked too early because I think his best scene is when he's playing um, Wizard's Chest. In the first one? In, yeah. yeah, in the first one. I think that's like his... His big thing. Obviously, we'll talk about more of in the movies, other movies. But right, um, he's he becomes more of a whiner. <laughs> he kind of does, but I think I think look, I think in the end, when we get there, I think I think uh, I think it's all good with Ron. But again, I, I still thought the funny scene. Was, he gets the girl, like, so that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, but again, in this in this one, the funny scene of him sort of mocking Harry about kissing a girl, and I'm like, and how many of you kissed Ron? Like. Yeah, he's the dope. The girl, teenager. the girl you love is sitting right there, and you're not even looking at her, Ron. <laughs> like, so the Harry Potter movies, we have yes. but our buddies that do uh, the do the other show. They love to yeah. do casting call and changing movies and stuff like that. Oh, this boy. movie, they can't do it. This movie, <laughs> the the actors, no. I think they have the perfect people for this movie. I think all the actors fit very well into the slots that they had them in. Um. And I don't know, was Daniel Radcliffe the first choice? I don't, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if they ever mentioned it anywhere or read anything about it. Yeah, I would have to look up on it. But it's, it's actually funny that you mentioned that because I, I don't think it was for this movie. I saw sort of like a behind the scenes thing about one of the earlier movies. And just to show with the big three there, like how they are so much like their characters, uh, whichever director it was said to them, 
the three of them like uh, I want you to write an essay about your character and blah, blah, blah. You know, whatever it was. He Basically, he gave them homework. Um, Daniel Radcliffe, who played Harry Potter, kind of handed something in. Here you go. Uh, Emma Watson, who plays uh, Hermione, handed in, like, they said like, it was like a 20-page essay with a bibliography. Like, like it was like something Hermione would do. And Rupert <laughs> Gint, who played Ron, he didn't even do it. He was like, nah, I'm not doing it. And I'm just like, oh, my God, they got the perfect kids for these roles. You know, Harry's sort of like the middle of the line. Hermione is like, you know, this big essay that she, you know, researched. And Ron's like, no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, again, this movie, all these movies, the cast, not even mentioning the, the, the three big ones. I mean, think about who's in this, this movie. Ralph Fiennes, Jason yes. Isaacs, Greg, yes. Gary Ullman, Alan mm-hmm. Richman, uh, Rickman. Uh, Emma mm-hmm. Thompson. I mean, these Maggie Smith. I mean, actor upon actor upon actor. Not even mention uh, Michael Gambon, who played um, Dumbledore, Dumbledore for the first, yeah. and even before that, um, who played, he took over in the third movie. Yeah, yeah, so he took over for gosh, uh, Richard. Was it Richard Harris? Yeah, Richard Harris, right? I think. Yes, I think. Yeah, but I mean, but he, but he, he, I mean, he took over for an accomplished actor. Absolutely, absolutely. all these great absolutely. actors, great movies. This one, like I said, it's probably middle of the road for me. I, um, this had the two characters I hated, disliked the most with Umbridge as well as Cho. But um, mm-hmm. um, at least Umbridge gets what she deserves. <laughs> <laughs> she definitely does. But like, like I said, for me, this was the introduction of Luna Lovegood, my all-time favorite character. Uh, you know, and Ivana Lynch, who plays her, like, perfect, totally captured her essence. And, yeah, I think we got some good stuff coming forward with uh, 6 and 7. So the, to this point, this this movie has the best fight scenes, right? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And, I mean, it's it's getting, like we talked about the last movie, Goblet of Fire was dark, really dark. This is getting mm-hmm. darker and darker and oh, darker. Oh, it is. And oh, I, absolutely. I'm excited to talk about the next uh, few that are going to be coming up, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yep. And some of the other stuff that we're going to be talking about, Jay and I, wrestling. What else? Always. Wrestling. Anything nerdy, of course. I mean, if you didn't listen to the Batman villain show, then you're no, 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 missing stuff. Uh, <laughs> uh, so <laughs> make sure hey, you know They should listen. That's right. <laughs> Oh my God! I would like to have. I I will do a casting call of uh, R. R. Carney and uh, Jackie Gleason. Jackie doing, Gleason doing any superhero known to man, but nothing is like Batman and Robin. Uh, anyway, Absolutely. so make sure you check us out on brothersandarmchairs dot com. All you'll, one word. All one word. You'll find all of our stuff there. Uh, yes. Jay does a great uh, stuff on stuff. Stuff on stuff. Uh, Black Belt Theater. The Defender of the Realm, which you want to just give us a quick uh, thingy of that? Sure, yeah. Defender of the Realm, uh, basically sword and sorcery stuff. Uh, Lately, I've really been focusing on some uh, role-playing video games, but I'm definitely going to branch out, talk about the old pencil and paper ones like uh, Dungeons & Dragons. And you know what? Every once in a while, I toss a movie review in there just for the heck of it. But getting back to stuff... Pete has a new segment uh, with his friend Tom, right? That I That's, Tom is yeah. his name. Well, whatever. We don't really need to mention his name. <laughs> no, come on. The t- listen, the two of them do a great job. Uh, it's called Running Up the Score. It's uh, it's a sports. It's like a sports hour because you guys talked an hour the other day. Yeah, I know. It's some great stuff. Tom doesn't that shut was up. Great stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. Uh, listen, they, 
I think we have so much great stuff on, on all these shows that we need mm-hmm. a little change of pace. And, of course, no one else wants to talk sports with me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's fine. It's all right. Wrestling is a sport, Jay. I'm sorry. Wrestling is a sport. It is. Uh, so anyway, so make sure so you check Quidditch. us out. Yeah, so is Quidditch. And uh, the schools that our children are going to have Quidditch. Um, yes. <laughs> which is pretty scary. Uh, yeah. <laughs> True. Uh, my son says that he, he's – when he, because he plays intramural sports, and he sees yeah. them on the brooms and stuff, he's like, "Dad, it's really weird, but everybody goes to him." <laughs> he's like, "It's almost like going to a football game." I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" He's like, "Yeah, it's pretty close." <laughs> hey, it's still popular. All it's still popular. Later, it's still popular. <laughs> so make sure again you check Jay and Pete out on Enter the Nerd Zone, BrothersInArmchairs.com. Like yep. I said, there's plenty of stuff on there. Nerd and me, fat guys, and stuff. Uh, Jay, same yes, bad channel. Same bad channel. Batman, don't sue us. No, 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 no. Batman. <laughs>